Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Giving Credit. I'm Annika Jackson, and I'm here with Lance Feline. Lance, welcome to our show. Annika, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I would really love for you to tell our audience a little bit about you. Uh, I think you have some very great, unique perspectives on finance, credit, and taxes and how to build wealth. And so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you today. I as well. Awesome. Yeah. So please share with us, what is your background? How did you grow up learning about finance, wealth creation, taxes, all those things that are kind of, or have been taboo in the past that we're now trying to put out in the open and talk about with our families? Yeah, I uh, grew up in a small town uh, in Missouri. And so I uh, was raised uh, by my parents and my siblings that we would you know, get jobs and work that was kind of expected uh, uh, for some. And so I started mowing yards at the age of, you know, 13, 14, and uh, was able to, for some reason, I say, I would just divine intervention just allowed me to think about money a little differently than my sister and brother. And I was always uh, working and saving and, and saying, okay, this is going to be for, for example, uh, my first car. And so I was able to, you know, accumulate money and save that and then buy my first car and then uh, I buy the nice stereo system that my parents didn't want me to get because I was going to, you know, go deaf if I listened to loud <laughs> music. And uh, and so I evolved, uh, you know, working and then going to college, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. It's not mm. like I had a clear vision. Uh, in essence, I got done with college and now I was like, now what? Uh, and uh, again, I was able to, I guess, interview and be exposed uh, by a person that was a uh, financial advisor. And that's how I've gotten into the industry. It's not because I knew that's what I wanted to do. It's just because that was who was going to hire me at the time. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, it has evolved to, to this day. I'm now a certified financial planner. I've been in uh, the industry over 20 years. Uh, and just have my first book coming out uh, in November 15th. Uh, and the purpose of the book is try to take all the, I guess, the great ideas that I've received over the years from others that I've learned on my own uh, to help individuals be better stewards mm. of their finances, help them grow uh, and accumulate wealth for their financial goals, uh, doing it in a more tax efficient way. Mm. And so, you know, it's a little bit about my story as far as how I got to where I'm at today. Awesome. That's so wonderful. And it's so unique. I love the fact that you mentioned you divine intervention. Somehow you had this knowledge or understanding that you earn money. You use it to get the things that you want that maybe your parents wouldn't buy for you. Your siblings raised in the same way that you were, didn't get, have that same knowledge that they didn't, get that same download um, that you did. <laughs> I, I know it's really uh, unique. And that's why I what I actually find is, uh, you know, I exist today to give people financial peace of mind. 
and to give them clarity regarding how they're going to accomplish their goals. And it just does not come natural to a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, to think about money and uh, you know what to do with it in order to grow in the future. Uh, uh, how to not spend it necessarily on things that you know uh, aren't going to be fruitful for them in the long term. Uh, and then also, you know, how do they use their credit cards and mm. how do they spend money uh, and how much should they save? And those are the things that just for some reason that came a little more naturally to me. Uh, and so I'm glad to be able to give give my gift that I've received to others. Yeah, definitely. And also, when I was reading up on you, researching and in our conversation before the interview, a through line for you has been. I mean, many, you know, there's a lot of financial planners out there. Mm -hmm. You sit down with your clients, you figure out what their goals are, you help them map that out, make sure they have the right uh, mix of in, whether it's investments, insurance, all of those things. But you realized that you wanted to take it a step further and not just help people achieve their goals, but really thrive, which has led to the work that you do today and to your book. So a lot, and a lot of that has to do right with them. Um, IRS tax codes, mm -hmm. another area besides money, credit, finance that a lot of us don't really understand. For me, I know it's always changing, but as a business owner and even in my individual, my private life, I don't always know what I can take advantage of. So what are some of the things that you see um, are things that people don't know about as much that are easy fixes or easy tweaks that can help people live more fruitful lives? Yeah, I would say uh, I would use a term that when I was uh, 37, I was exposed to a concept uh, from a, a colleague of mine. So I, I formed a mastermind group of other financial planners throughout the United States so we could share ideas, best practices, concepts. And this gentleman from Seattle, Washington, his name is Rich Stewart. Uh, he, you know, we're all certified financial planners. And so in theory, we're feel like we, you know, very smart and know a lot of things, but I, I got, he mentioned some things during this meeting, one of our first meetings that I was like, wow, I, why well, I've never heard of this. Meaning he said, I'm going to show you how to allow people to get money out of their IRA and not pay taxes on it. Wow. And wow. I was like, well, I don't think that can be done, right? And so it was an aha experience that I had. And that was, uh, I've had a partnership with a certified public accountant, a CPA. And so I've been able to leverage uh, that relationship to, mm -hmm. to really learn how it's almost probably just as important of saving money early, it's saving money uh, and asset location, meaning saving it strategically so that you're taking advantage of the tax code, how it mm -hmm. works. Uh, and so that's what I have learned that, just as important, you know, there's a, a trendy term that's called, uh, you know, asset allocation, meaning should you have your investments in different categories of investments? I would say asset location uh, is just is probably more important because you need to invest in, uh, in, in a way so that the government doesn't tax all of your money the same. Hmm. And many individuals are not aware that there is a 0% tax rate that exists. And that was something that I try to educate people on of how to take advantage of that 0% tax rate. Uh, and so that's a lot of fun. There's in essence three categories 
is that you can invest in. Uh, we call them buckets uh, in my book as, you know, bucket one is uh, what I call the pre-tax uh, bucket. You might be familiar with an IRA mm-hmm. or a 401k. You put money in and it lowers your taxable income and then it grows tax deferred. And then in the future, when you retire, that's when it gets taxed mm-hmm. as income. And then the bucket two is your after-tax bucket. And that's kind of when you have excess money and you buy uh, I don't know, you buy stocks or bonds or mutual funds or real estate uh, and you try to accumulate money there. And then that's where you get these capital gain tax rates. Mm-hmm. And then bucket three is your tax free bucket. We call it where that's where you you uh, do not pay taxes when you make withdrawals. And you mm-hmm. might have heard of like a Roth IRA mm-hmm. or a Roth 401k health savings accounts, things of that nature. So when we're, we're trying to help people, we're trying to say, let's not only save the money that we need to save in order to reach your financial goals, but let's make sure we're saving the uh, the correct amount in each bucket so that we can minimize the amount of taxes you pay when you make withdrawals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are definitely strategies that not a lot of us know about and mm-hmm. we all need to know about. So this is fantastic. What are some of the strategies that you've seen um, that you've used with clients that have created those aha moments. If there's, you know, obviously yeah, one of the, one of the, I, I fortunately get to with dealing with a lot of individuals, I get to learn from them, right. And learn from their uh, successes, their mistakes, things that they might do different. Uh, but, you know, I had one family that I think just did a, a credible job of, of educating their children uh, early in life about how finances work about the importance of, of credit, about the importance of talking about money. Mm-hmm. And so as they got into their early adulting, right, uh, after college and things of that nature, they had already been used, had already had a credit card and had already been making payments on, on that automatically. Uh-huh. They had, you know, checking accounts. They already knew how to, uh, their parents would loan them money. So they had learned that you have to pay interest on, on that loan, mm. right? Even though they could, in theory, give them money, they said, no, this is a loan. And so they really educated them about finance, I thought, in a way that is not normal because I find a lot of parents, mine included, they didn't really talk about money right. uh, to me, right? And, and you just learn the hard way or you yeah. learn by <laughs> mistakes. So they were teaching them and being proactive with that uh, about finance, uh, I thought was a one of the biggest takeaways I've had, and it's something I try to help encourage my clients and and my children as well. Mm-hmm. I've treated them and talked to them differently about money uh, so that they can, you know, the worst thing is when you get out of college and then you're getting a, a job in the real world and then you go, oh, I need to buy a car. And then they say, well, you don't have any credit mm-hmm. or I would like mm-hmm. to buy a house. Well, you don't have any credit or they do have credit, but because they didn't manage their credit card or they missed a payment here or there, their credit score is terrible and now they don't qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a technique that I encourage individuals to do is make sure that their uh, child, when they're age 18, they get them a credit card, they put a limit on it, like get $250 mm-hmm. so they can't get in trouble. But the important thing to do is they set, make sure you set up the an automatic payment with the credit card company, which they don't want you to do because they would rather you miss a payment so they can charge interest. But if that payment pays the balance in full every month, right, automatically drafts out of the checking account, then you're establishing good credit along the way. So when you get out of college, 
you're able to actually make purchases and not pay a higher interest rate because if you don't have good credit, then you might get a loan, but you're going to pay a higher rate, right? Because you're right. quote at risk. So there's a you know many com uh, uh, benefits of doing that. But I learned that from a family that is able to I borrow for myself and then I use it for other families as well. Oh, wonderful! And you are father. So are those some of the techniques you've used with your kids? And are there other things? Because I I know that I'm um, you know I have a daughter. And we have these conversations about, okay, yes, we can take this trip or no, we can't take that trip or we can buy this. We can't buy that right now. We talk about the stock market and what it's doing. And we're definitely trying to impart a lot more financial knowledge from an early age than because like you, my parents, I, I grew up in Kansas. I started mm -hmm. working at an early age, but my parents didn't really talk about money and finance uh, and all those things. But I, I realized man, I was at a disadvantage. So I need to talk to my daughter about this. Yeah, Annika, that's really wise. I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, it's going to benefit yeah. her a lot for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, so you're using these techniques for your kids or what are some other things that you learn to use with your own children? Uh, saving early, right? Is uh, obviously when we're 18 or 19 or 20, we're not thinking uh, <laughs> 10 years down the road or right. probably hard to think about one day down the road, right? We're thinking yeah. about the here and now. Uh, but I, I have a story in my book. It's, uh, it's called Mowing for Millions. As my son uh, Braxton, his uh, best friend Dylan was uh, mowing yards and he came to me and said, hey, uh, what should I do? Right. And so we talked about uh, if he for five years put six thousand dollars in a Roth IRA, he would be when uh, for only say for five years, he would actually have a million dollars accumulated in that Roth IRA when he was 60. Wow. And so when I shared that with him, I'm like, you could be a millionaire. And of course, that's money's not everything. But, you know, when you say a millionaire to an 18 year old, they never think that his eyes lit up. Right. He's like, wow, you're saying I only have to save five years. And, and I said, yes. And I walked him through this, the, the magic of what's called compound interest mm -hmm. and now how your money doubles, you know, roughly every seven years, if you're making a 10% return and, you know, walked him through that math. And so the importance of saving early is important. And then also the importance of kind of, I think there's three categories. I think you should save money in, save money in your emergency reserve fund. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, the, the things that happen that you don't expect, my car breaks down, I need to get a new tire, you know, I have a medical issue. So we need to have that emergency reserve fund. So that's your first category. Your second category would be like, hey, I'm not going to need to make this uh, purchase, let's say for a car for like the next five years. Mm -hmm. I need to be saving for things that are like in that three to 10 year frame. And then the third category would be your long term, right? Mm -hmm. That quote, that retirement or the 30 years down the road. Uh, so we kind of structured his savings to be, here's your emergency reserve savings. And he puts money in that savings account every month and then uh, and then opened up an investment account that he could have access to. But he knows that's not really his, he doesn't want to touch that because that's down the road when he wants to buy a, a car or a house in the future. And then we set money up to go into his Roth IRA, which would be for his long term. I love the way that you just broke that down, because I think often when we have these initial conversations with our kids, we talk about save, spend, 
invest, donate, mm-hmm. right? We talk about those four buckets, but then when it comes to the saving, we don't necessarily think about, okay, short-term, mid-range, long-term, and how they can put money into buckets even further. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. as a small business owner that you are, just an idea that you might uh, encourage my other small business owner clients to do, because they have, there's more strategies when you're a small business owner than if you work for a corporation. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get it a W-2, uh, you know, you can't put, do a lot of unique strategies, but uh, we generally will have our small business owner clients. If their clients are of age, generally speaking, that's over 10, 10 to 11, 13. And you can put them on the payroll and you can pay them $12,950 a year. Mm-hmm. And that actually gets not taxed because they're, they get a standard deduction, uh, for, which is the government allows every person to have. And so it's how to uh, avoid paying taxes you know, for you. And then that money goes into their account. And then you could use that for their future college education, or you could use that for their hobbies and expenses, right? You know, that we tend to have, you know, with travel teams and yeah. uh, or cheerleading <laughs> or this- things like that. And so there, it's cost a lot to raise goods, right? So uh, it, uh, that's an idea that for small business owner clients, they might consider doing. Fantastic. I love that. Now, um, I know the tax laws are always changing. What are some of the things that you're seeing with the current tax structure and things that people need to keep an eye on for next year? Because I know that there, we're also looking at interest rates going up, inflation, mm. all these other factors that are playing mm-hmm. into it. So what are, what's some advice that you would give for people thinking about next year and the next, you know, like the three to five year time frame. Yeah. I, the way I think people should think about taxes is I, is understand that we're currently actually in a low tax rate environment. Mm. And I know listeners might th- hear that like I'm paying a lot in taxes. This is not a low tax rate environment, <laughs> right. uh, but I would encourage all your listeners just Google historical federal tax rates. Mm. And Annika, what you'll find is there actually have been tax rates in our government history of 90%, wow. 70%, 50% just in 1980s. And so tax rates over the last 10 to 15 years, you'll see that you know that when you look at the graph, it's actually the lowest it's ever been. And so when I'm t- uh, talking about taxes with individuals, I'm like, it's, it's, it says a lot, but it's actually historically low. And then you have to think about potentially where tax rates might go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not an economist. I'm not making any uh, predictions, but just simple logic to me says our government deficit is pretty high, mm-hmm. right? It's only getting higher. Government programs like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security are not properly funded. Mm-hmm. And in and, and order to fund those in the future, the government's either going to have to raise revenue mm. or decrease right expenses. And they tend to, politicians aren't very good at uh, the reduction. Yeah. yeah, reduction. They'd rather continue to spend. So I think tax rates potentially have a, a, a logical sense to be higher in the future wow. in order to pay for these federal programs and mm-hmm. to get our deficit. And so I think it's important that if you think like that and you think, I think logically tax rates could be higher in the future. 
then I would encourage people to pay your taxes today and mm -hmm. then position that and put them in a, that bucket three category mm -hmm. so that when you make withdrawals in the future, it's tax free. Mm -hmm. So you're not dependent upon the government's tax code in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of take your medicine, pay your taxes now, but position your savings and investments so that you uh, are not dependent upon the government in the future. Fantastic. Thank you. That's really sound advice. We're all going to have mm -hmm. to get your book so we can mm -hmm. read about all of your different strategies. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had $100,000 today tax-free, what would you do with that? Well, I would max uh, make sure, again, if we talk the categories of uh, buckets, I would put money in bucket three. So max out my Roth IRA, my health savings account, uh, something in that nature, my Roth 401k at work. Mm. Uh, uh, I think, you know, I'd look at my debt situation and mm. say, is, am, am I, do, do I have too much debt? Do I have any debt I'm paying a high interest rate on? And, and if so, then maybe apply some of that to your, you know, to free up your debt because we don't want to be, you know, prison to debt in, in all of our life. And, right. and then, uh, then I would allocate money to, something that they could get access to. You know, we talked about the three categories, right? Short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And so make sure that your emergency reserve is properly funded. And if so, then put it away and then spend it. Why don't you have some fun, right? <laughs> too, right? Life's not all about just uh, saving and investing. So uh, it maybe go on that dream vacation that you never thought you might get, not get yeah. to go on. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, love, I like that because you're like, yes, save. Yes, think about the future, but have some fun too. Yeah, because we have to reward ourselves sometimes to keep it to keep it going and uh, to keep remembering what we're living for and what we're saving for. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more. Your book is called "More Wealth, Less Taxes." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and when does it come out? November fifteenth. They will oh. uh, hit bookstores. Uh, uh, people can pre-order they'd like by going to my website. It's uh, Lance. Belline, B E L L I N E dot net. And okay. it's available pre order from uh, online from you know all the major online uh, suppliers. I can't say Amazon because I live in Northwest Arkansas and Walmart is oh. in my head <laughs> at my uh, backyard. Right. Uh, so if I, you know, my clients are, are all at Walmart, then I, I, I make sure they I say walmart.com yes. <laughs> <laughs> or any of the online, obviously, amazon.com as well. But yeah, those are those are how you access to it, and then also on my website, uh, I have resources mm -hmm. uh, that people could uh, download. So, for okay. example, some individuals, you know, haven't got control of where, where the money is going. You know, like they have a good income, but it seems like it's also going out, and so they're like, I can't have the ability to save, and so. You know, I kind of have an expense planning worksheet that they could use to kind of better. I don't like to use the B word, which is mm -hmm. budget, but you know, make sure that we stay, you know, get track of our money so we can be you know, good stewards of it. Uh, and then also uh, a, a tool that allows them to better understand what their current savings, what buckets they're in, you know, or how much they currently have in buckets one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And that way they can also better forecast where they should be saving going forward. Uh, I have an estate plan. You know, I know this is not the topic, but sometimes there's a lot of questions, you know, for, hey, is, should I have a will or should I have a trust? What's mm -hmm. the difference? You know, there's a resource kit there for that as well. Uh, so wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll put this, we'll have this in the show notes so everybody can find 
website and your book very easily. Are you awesome. also going to turn this into a, an online curriculum or anything like, have you thought about doing anything like that? I have not yet. No, no. I didn't think I'd be able to write a book in my life. So, you know, really? that, that will be, that will be my next step. Maybe. Wow. Well, what, what inspired you to um, put all of your knowledge into a book? Well, I uh, turned 50 last year and I took a, a four month sabbatical. Nice. And <laughs> during that time I had, you know, the time that I never had before. Right. And so I kind of was able to use that time during that to put all my best ideas on paper and uh, it just kind of you know a couple hours a day and you know now looking back after i, I went back to work it ended up being a lot more work than i thought it was going to be so <laughs> i don't know if i would have done it but it, i just it just started and you know it's like anything if you just start a little and be consistent at it it will actually start to grow yeah wonderful and when you work with clients uh can you work with clients anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States, or just in a certain geographic region? Uh, yeah, we have clients in every state but four, so we're nationwide. Okay. Uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, with our one of the benefits of COVID was that we learned to start being more virtual, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy now with Zoom and or Microsoft Teams, you know, to conduct meetings like in, like we're now right, right. doing and. and <laughs> It's uh, so it's we're not actually in the same room, but it feels like we are. Yeah, fantastic. And Lance, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience about finance credit yourself? Well, I would just encourage anybody that's listening if they have children, right? It's never too early to start thinking, you know, uh, teaching them about uh, money. So you know, the, if they're very young, right? The piggy bank, right? Like you mentioned before, you know, you save a little bit, spend a little bit, give a little bit, right? And kind of put it in those different categories, and then. As they get older, I'd encourage uh, to make sure you get your child a credit card uh, and just make sure it's they got a, a limit put on it so they don't get in trouble and make sure it has an automatic payment set up to pay in full. Uh, and then uh, to keep uh, just encourage them, you know, to talk about your not only your successes with finances, but also your mistakes. Right. Because we're not all perfect. And so sometimes, you know, people like to, our children just want to hear the stories about, hey, you know, what, what did you do over again if you were them mm -hmm. and, you know, impart that wisdom on them? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Lance. I really enjoyed our conversation. I can't re wait to read your book because I'm always looking for helpful tips to make my, to improve my own finances and my own financial acumen. And I know our uh, listeners are as well. So thank you to our listeners. This is another episode of Giving Credit, the Kitty Credit Podcast. If you haven't checked out the app, for your kids, download it now. It's available in the App Store and everywhere that apps are available. And with that, I will be back again in a couple of weeks with another great episode and another amazing guest. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit, a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T dot com. Kitty credit, get it.